At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi and welcome to episode 97 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. While we're often talking about food on this food peace journey, I am curious how your relationship with movement, otherwise known as exercise, is going. Certainly, as a person is working along the way with their relationship with food and maybe stumbling a bit, they may also find that their relationship with exercise is quite complicated. And I have a letter from someone who is experiencing just that. This letter writer is someone who has really been working for a while now on their relationship with food and really invested in the fat acceptance and feminism types of conversations that have to do with our bodies and yet found, even with doing all that work, that their relationship with exercise really was dividing and distracting them from making peace with food and their body. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. Do you experience PCOS and have a complicated relationship with food? Hi, I'm Julie. It's nice to meet you. And I really want to help. We have finally put together a step-by-step system that helps you, yes, you with PCOS to make the move toward intuitive eating, or really just living without diets. You can live without hardcore diets and over-exercise and manage your health with PCOS, and I can't wait to show you how. My new course called Your Step-by-Step Guide to PCOS and Food Peace is not currently open, but enrollment will be happening very soon. This January, 2018, I will be opening up the doors again, and I would love to see you on the wait list. How do you get on it? Go to pcosandfoodpeace.com. All right, enough of that. Let's get to this episode's letter and hear from our very special guest, Jesse Hagerty. Dear Food, I have come a very long way in my relationship with you. 
Back in high school, I avoided you at all costs. I overexercised. I engaged in other destructive behaviors that landed me in an inpatient center for anorexia. After months of treatment, I became weight restored, but it took close to 10 more years and many more relapses to finally get to the place where I am today. You see, a few years ago, I discovered the idea of health at every size. I became engaged in the body positive community. I discovered fat acceptance and feminism. It was like a curtain was lifted and I was looking at my body and the bodies of those around me for the first time. I read all that I could. I became a walking billboard for the anti-diet philosophy. I felt so far removed from my old self. I felt like I had evolved. The problem is food. As I was doing all of this, I was still incredibly attached to exercise. In my head, I was fine to eat intuitively and honor my cravings. I was fine to let my body be at whatever weight it wanted. I was committed to talking compassionately about my body so long as it could also perform physical feats of strength and endurance. I ran marathons. I did back-to-back workout classes, but in my mind, it was all okay. It wasn't disordered because I loved doing it and I was still eating freely and ignoring the scale. And when necessary, family obligations, works, friends, I could skip exercise. I didn't realize how much my self-acceptance an evolved attitude depended on exercise until I broke my foot and could no longer use it. My positive attitude quickly crumbled. I started restricting the kinds and quantities of food I was eating under the belief that I was moving so, so much less so didn't need it. My body hatred started creeping back in. My foot is now healed and I've been able to run and work out regularly again. I'm back to eating freely and allowing body weight to do what it will. But I am feeling shaken by this experience and saddened to learn that my body acceptance is so strongly entwined in my body's ability to be active. I've thought about abstaining from exercise until I can work through these feelings. But participating in races and workout classes make me feel so good. And I don't like the sluggish way my body feels when I'm inactive for long periods of time. Some days, I think I should just forget about my broken foot experience and continue on hoping I'm not sidelined by an injury again. But the reality is, I know my body will get old. I know I will be forced to face physical limitations again, and I don't want to backslide into my old disordered thoughts. What can I do to detach my self-worth from my ability to perform physically? Sincerely, Body Positive Exercise Addict. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. What amazing insight that you have. So much awareness. And I appreciate this really tough spot you're in. I think the only way we can know um, we're in this kind of stuck place like you're describing is really paying attention. So that already speaks to how much you've been working on your food piece and body piece journey. And I think I need some help from an expert on really the next best steps for you. Luckily, I happen to know Jessie Haggerty. She's a colleague and friend and also a fellow podcaster. Her podcast is The Body Love Project. Let's give her a call and hear what she has to say for you. 
Hey, Jesse. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? How are you? I'm doing great. It's so great to connect again. I know we had a few seconds at uh, Beta a few weeks ago, so it's great to actually chat and uh, a little bit more. I know. Yeah, I'm excited. Yes. So did you get a chance to read the letter that I sent you? I did. I uh, When I got the letter, I thought of you immediately. And um, I have a feeling you're going to have some kick-ass insight for this person. Are you ready to discuss? Yeah, I <laughs> hope so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're setting the bar real high. Oh, whatever. You'll, you, you'll have some great insight. Well, and so when you read the letter, what was your general impression about what body-positive exercise addict is experiencing? Oh, I love that signature. Yes, me too. <laughs> I think that it's pretty common in the body positive, um, or I should say the fitness industry to kind of be using a lot of these body positive terms that are still unfortunately very rooted in in diet culture. But I really did feel for this letter writer because I've been there personally and I've seen this a lot in my clinical experience. And I think that it's, it's really interesting that what seemed to help her find, I guess, get further down the road in her recovery was discovering fat acceptance and feminism. And I thought it would be interesting to kind of dig into that a little bit more to help her kind of get even further with some of the stuff that's coming up around exercise for Mm -hmm. her. So, okay, let me let me see if I'm following what you're saying. I think so, because this is really interesting to me. Um, basically, this the stuff that really got her moving away from the rigid diets, um, like the fat acceptance and the feminism, really going back to that with this stuck point, too. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, I think that what what I've noticed in the fitness industry is that especially now that body positivity is kind of being co-opted by it, (laughs) Um, that there's like a big turn on, okay, it's not what your body looks like. It's about what your body can do. And I know that came up a lot for this letter writer throughout her letter was saying that she really wanted, really loved being able to perform physically, really loved being able to, um, you know, exercise her strength. And she likes running long distances And I think it's interesting when you kind of look through the lens of maybe not necessarily fat acceptance or feminism, but another social justice issue, which might be ableism, where a lot of the body, quote unquote, body positive messages that come from the fitness industry are extremely ableist as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's a really good point. And um, Anna Sweeney is a dietitian that I know you know, Jesse, but she Mm -hmm. was someone that we just talked to on the Love Food Podcast a few weeks ago. And that's something that she's talking about. I, you know, I could see how that would further keep this letter writer stuck. And I feel like the parts of fat acceptance and feminism, I hope, you know, in its like intent and it's like real and original purpose also include this part, this ableism part, because right. it just further another way that like man is keeping us down. Right. So <laughs> um, right. it's ke- keeping us distracted and, um, you know, by exercising and having this relationship with exercise, it's keeping her, um, complying, you know, and doing what 
we're told we need to do. And so um, I think that's a really great point for her is like, go back to that and dig deeper. Like it's maybe that's what that's, I don't know about you, but the part with her experiencing the broken leg or foot, I can't remember which body part it was at this point. Yes. But like, I was like, broken wow. Foot. Yeah. Broken foot. Like what a shitty thing for her to experience. And it really like, this is so easy for me to say, cause I don't have a broken foot, but like, it's really helping her dig deeper. You know, it's helping her to like find a, a, like un take this rock and look underneath it and like, oh, wow, there's something that's really big that's blocking my path to truly having food and body freedom. So I don't know if you um, if you connected to that at all. Oh, yes, 100%. It kind of reminds me of like, you ever go um, shopping at like J. Crew or a clothing store where like everything's folded, folded really perfectly and you kind of unfold it to look at it and then you go to put it back and it like just doesn't go back the way it was before. <laughs> yeah. But it's like back, but it's not the way it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that she was experiencing a lot, experiencing a lot of this because she says, you know, after my foot healed. Um, also, I think I keep saying she and I, I shouldn't do that because I, I actually don't know this letter mm-hmm. writer's gender, but. They um, keep saying that after the foot healed, that they actually went back to running and doing all of the exercise that they were doing before without uh, without really trying to dig a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. even though they know right now that like they really need to, it doesn't feel right. Like it did before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that it, At the time, it just wasn't the right time, but now, now it's time. <laughs> now it is time. I hope it, so. Yeah. Well, so Jesse, what do you feel like are the next steps that you'd recommend for this person to like, I don't know, start to do that work? What would you suggest for, for those first steps? Yeah, I think the first thing is just kind of what we were talking about is really trying to look through that lens of um, that social justice lens, which which seemed to have worked really well for this letter writer before. So to really think about all the ways that maybe that body positivity is getting co-opted throughout this experience. And I think that that kind of just helps maybe solidify the groundwork. It might not help with the actual behaviors right away, but I think it might start to get them to think a little bit deeper mm-hmm. about some of this. Mm-hmm. And I also think really trying to dig into what is the intention behind the exercise. I think that this is something I always ask because I think it's one thing to do the action of movement, right? Movement, exercise, working out, whatever you want to call it. You can kind of line a bunch of people up. They could all be doing the same things. And one for one person, it feels really good. It helps them feel in their body. And for the next, the next person, they're using it to manage their body or suppress their weight. And I really would encourage this letter writer to think in like, what is the intention behind the movement I'm about to do? And that might change on a daily basis. And I think if the intention is to make my body look a certain way or to, you know, suppress my weight or to prove something about my body, I would encourage them to maybe say, okay, this is maybe a time where I can step back and see what happens if I, if I'm uncomfortable by taking a day off today. Mm -hmm. So when you said prove, that's the part where I'm like, yes, because, um, I feel like that's the part that's 
probably a, a nuance that's been co-opted in a sense, or not necessarily co-opted, but it's been the disguise <laughs> with the co-opted language. And that leans into that social justice side of it. Like, why do you have to prove anything? And it also reminds me too, um, this letter writer is not describing it, but I know for you, Jesse, you probably hear this from other people as well, like how comparing can get into this part and make it really sticky. And as 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 long as a person is digging into their own intentions, like you're saying, and sticking with that and trying to keep the awareness there instead of like, what is everybody else doing? It can really help, I feel like, keep the motivation known and know what's best for you because yeah, it's going to change from day to day even. Sometimes it may be the next best step and sometimes it may be harmful. Just depends on what the intention is. So that's super helpful. Um, Jesse, so a part of this show, we have a food piece syllabus. And if you're new to the Love Food Podcast, this is a collection of books and podcasts and anything under the sun that we have found that helps further our relationship with food and body. And Jesse, I wonder if there's something that you would like to add to it. Yeah. Um, so I actually have a book that I like recommending to people that actually has nothing to do with food and body. And it just happens to be one of my favorite books and it's called big magic by Liz Gilbert. It's the same author that wrote that really popular book, eat, pray, love. And I love this book because it really helped me tap more into like my creative intuitive side. And I like recommending it to people who feel kind of bogged down by their food and exercise routines. And it kind of, it really is all about taking up a more a creative practice or an art practice and how that can be so beneficial to our well-being and our health. And I just love it because it kind of moves you away from like the body focus. Well, thank you. Yeah. I don't think that's something that's been on the food piece syllabus before. Is there something else you would like to add to it? Yeah, I'll plug my own podcast, which is called The Body Love Project, and we talk about everything on there. A lot of it is about eating disorder recovery, and similar to this letter writer, a lot about you know our relationship with exercise and movement and how to address that. So that gets uploaded every week. Awesome. Well, that's how yeah. I got to know you. So definitely, yeah. I want my listeners to hear about that for sure. So I really appreciate your insight for this letter writer. And is there a way for someone to uh, find out more about you if they're wanting to contact you and find out more about your work outside of your podcast? Yeah, definitely. Everything about me is on my website, jessiehaggerty.com. And I'm on most social media channels at jessiehaggertyrd. Fabulous. Well, we will put that in the show notes for anyone listening. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. So body positive exercise addict, I hope that my discussion with Jesse Hagerty helped you to provide some next steps. I hope you found it helpful. Be sure to check out Jesse's podcast for more information. It's a fabulous one. And again, it's called Body Love Project. I see food has written back. Before we go, be sure to check out my PCOS and Food Peace course, your step-by-step guide to PCOS and Food Peace. You can get to it by going to pcosandfoodpeace.com. Did you enjoy the show? I would love if you could do me a favor. I would love it if you could leave me a rating, a review, or share the podcast. By doing this really small step, it actually helps other people find the show. And I don't know about you, but I feel like 
Everyone deserves to feel at home in their own skin today. I want everyone to feel like they can experience food peace. And by sharing the love and leaving a rating and review, then iTunes says, okay, more people can see the Love Food Podcast when they search for podcasts in their favorite podcatcher. So I would just be eternally grateful if you did so. All right, that's all for now. Take care. Dear Body Positive Exercise Addict, who knew all this time, immersed with fat acceptance and feminism, that the patriarch was still dividing us? Fat phobia is pervasive, and your broken foot brought that to the surface. We hope you stay grounded in your social justice values. This will keep you connected to your movement intentions, even as they shift compassionately honor what you need, whether rest, permission, or something else. Doing so will keep your food peace journey going in the direction you want to go. At home, in your own skin. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.